Well, welcome. I'm very happy to be joined today by Mitra Somerville and a little bit about Mitra. Mitra has lived and trained in integral yoga communities in Australia, New York, and Yogaville, Virginia. He's a trainer for the integral yoga basic teacher training and a meditation, Raja yoga, stress management, and Hatha yoga teacher as well. While in Hawaii, he opened a yoga studio and he also self-published a book titled Treasure Within You. So mm. thanks, Mitra. Mm, it's great to be here, Avi. Thank yeah. you. I'll start out with that book yeah. title because I just find it interesting. Treasure Within You. Why did you choose that title? Um, it sort of just came to me, but uh, a big part of the yoga uh, teachings is connecting with that deeper part of us, with our peace and joy. And I feel like that that's part of the treasure that we all have within us. Um, but we're not necessarily experiencing that treasure. It, it's a little bit the idea of you know buried treasure and that we need to uncover it somehow. And so, yeah, in the book I was giving different ways of coming, getting in touch with that, our treasure, which we all have. It's not something exclusive to one or two people. Hmm. So you think we all have a treasure within us and is the task of life kind of, you know, uncovering that treasure or is it more apparent when we're children and then maybe some other um, stuff gets piled on top of the treasure and then we're trying to uncover it and going and go back to uh, maybe more of a, a childlike existence. What do you think? Yeah, um, yeah, good, good, good ideas in there. Um, I, I think honestly, it depends on the person. Some people may view their treasure as something more normal, like a um, you know having a nice house and a good job and a family, which which is which is fine. That might be a treasure for some some folks. And uh, for me. I, I feel like my treasure is more my peace and, and feeling content and at ease, relaxed. Um, so I think it depends on the person and what their goals are. So I mean, I, it's not for me to say one person's goals are, are better than somebody else. Yeah. But yeah, certainly you mentioned childhood. I think, yeah, there is, there is more of a feeling of joy, especially joy and um, just being present and not worrying about things as a child. Mm. But as a child, we didn't necessarily know how that happened or how to get there. Mm. Um, so as an adult, yeah, there is a lot of things that have been piled on top of that treasure that um, maybe need to be re um, cleared away so we can experience it more. And, and uh, all of the yoga teachings um, really help us uncover our treasure or our peace. Okay, so for you, you mentioned your treasure is your peace, kind of this relaxed existence. What was um, the process for you uh, discovering that? Like, how did you discover that that is the treasure that you're interested in <laughs> uncovering maybe again and again? Uh, yeah, that's... Um, I think for me, I, I was... When I was in kind of college around that age, I, I was, you know, doing my work and things, but I did feel like, what's life? What's the meaning of life? And I did feel a bit confused about, you know, what, what's it all about? 
And uh, as I, when I first got my, my first job, I was extremely stressed out with being kind of in a real job in the real world. And uh, to relieve that stress, I started doing meditation. And I think that was the first time I started to feel you know, a sense of peace and at least a lot of stress relief in the beginning, but just I started to connect a little bit more with, with that peace. But you know, and not a lot in the beginning, but it was it was something, yeah. So meditation was kind of the vehicle for experiencing that peace. Yes, it was, and I did it for a different purpose to relieve the stress. I, mm. I was under, I felt like I was under extreme stress because one of the my bosses were, was picking on me, and I didn't know how to deal with that. I, I'd never worked in a place like that. It was a you know a bank and. Um, so it, it was very helpful. Yeah. A friend of mine had been meditating. So he said, well, you know, you try, you know, it might, it might help you. And it really did. It really helped a lot. Mm. Yeah. The title of your upcoming workshop I know is, is called, uh, letting go is easier if you know how, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. When you know how, when yeah, you know how, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So is that what we're talking about really here is like knowing how to let go when, when I let go, is my peace there waiting for me? Um, yeah. I mean, essentially it is depending on how much there is to let go. Mm. So if I have a lot of stuff and I let go of half of it, it's half still there. So it might be, it'll still be blocking to some extent, but I think every time we're able to let go, on one level or another, physically, emotionally, mentally, we're going to feel better, more relaxed, and happier. And we and it and we're going to it helps us to connect more deeply to our peace. So um, there's um, yeah in the Yoga Sutras, which is part of Raja Yoga, we, there's two ways to get to our peace. Well, two ways to still the mind. When the mind becomes still, we feel our peace naturally. And the two main ways is practice and letting go. So in my workshop, I'm going to focus on, on the letting go or non-attachment, and which in a sense is a, is a type of practice too. Um, and I remember um, Sri Swami Satchidananda saying, of the two, non-attachment and practice, non-attachment is more important. Because if we, can, if we can let go or have non-attachment, we don't need practice. Because as you kind of said, if we let go of everything that's an obstacle to our peace, then it, it just shows up. We don't, it's not like we're getting our peace from somewhere else. It's already there, but it, we're just uncovering it. Like, it's like a, on a sunny day. If the sun is our peace, you know, if, if there's no clouds, the sun comes completely through and we see it and we feel it fully. So we feel our peace fully. But if there's light clouds, it blocks a little bit. If there's a dark clouds and hail and snow and everything, we, you know, there's very little experience of our peace. So, yeah, there is different degrees there. For me, it brings up the question too, is like, what is it, what does it mean to let go? What are we, what are we talking about when we say letting go? Yeah, good question. Um, Well, it depends what level that we, what level of our being that we're talking about. And of course, everything's related. So um, if I have a certain belief that everything I do fails, you know, that's my belief, everything that I try fails, that's going to 
that's going to block. It's a certain creation, you know. Uh, all beliefs are creations. They have, they have a form, just like this chair has a certain form. All creations have a form, and that has a form. Everything that I touch fails. Um, so that's going to tend to uh, manifest failure. So if I want to let, if I want to let go of that pattern, I have to let go of that that belief pattern. Mm. If I'm holding that belief pattern very strongly and consistently. I'm going to create that reality. So letting go would be letting go of that belief. So there's different ways of letting go of the belief. One way is just stop, stop feeding it, not stop energizing it, because all beliefs, for them to continue to manifest, need to need to have energy. They need to have attention and energy. So they need the same type of thoughts. You know, I need to think the same kind of thing again. Everything I touch fails regularly to keep that going. So if I, pull, if, I, if I stop feeding into that belief, then it starts to dissolve, and then the, the effects of it start to dissolve. Or, and I can also bring in the opposite thought, things work out well for me, which is another, another mm. approach. Um, also, when we become aware of that belief, many times beliefs are operating, but then we don't know what they are. They're transparent. So once I become aware that everything I touch fails... It's almost like a breath of fresh air. You know, oh, wow, I, I see that. That's why things are not working out for me. Like that awareness, we, we, you know, brings a light onto that and thinking, well, that is just not, that, I, don't have to, I don't have to believe that. I don't have to buy into that. It's just an idea. Mm. So then I can say, well, I'm, I'm going I'm to believe the opposite. Why can't I? This is my life. I can, I can choose whatever belief I want. So the belief, I start to choose things work out for me. You know, it's, it's just, it, and then there's also in the workshop we do this fun exercise where we, it's a fire ceremony. So we take that belief, write it on a piece of paper, you know, with our imagination. Everything fails, everything I touch fails for me and throw it into the fire. So it's like a release. It's, it's, it's like a, a way of letting go of that. So there are different ways of, there are different ways of working with the beliefs that don't help us. Um, so some of them are working directly and releasing it. Others are just bringing in the positive. When the mind's full of a, like a mantra or a positive belief, there's no room for those other ones also. So fortunately in yoga, there's a lot of different techniques. And the more, that we, the more techniques that we know about and the more that we practice, then we can choose the right technique at the right moment. The right technique at the right moment. And right now, the two examples of, of techniques, one is replacing uh, a negative belief with a positive belief, and the other one is just simply letting go, maybe, and, and, and just not having any beliefs, just existing in that realm of emptiness or peace, right? Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of an ultimate, it's kind of a quite a a high or subtle realm to have. So you no think that one is kind of even, uh, it's maybe easier to replace the negative belief with a, a positive belief first. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you've really, you've hit on a very important point that, you know, like a lot of things, schooling, you go, you go grade one, grade two, grade three. We don't go, go, normally we don't go grade one, grade six. And that's the same in yoga. We often start with more, simple straightforward things like you know do some stretches and postures rather than going to the most subtle raja yoga you know practice or 
teaching. And so what you're saying there is that, yeah, the, the step, you know, when I have a belief, I, when I discover a belief, maybe through reflection, that, you know, this, for example, this arguing with my boss, like I think about, I had an argument, say I had an argument with my boss, right, during the day, and then after work I reflect, and then I realize arguing with my boss it's not working for me like and there's a belief there that you know maybe I know better than them or something and so I discover that and I'm able to say well I don't really want to repeat that the next day let let me let me bring in a different belief that you know I work well with my boss you know we I listen I you know I listen to him all his feedback you know, with openness or something, you know, like kind of start to turn that around so I don't have those, you know, stressful arguments, you know, at least reduce it, you know. And so I'm bringing in a positive kind of new behavior, new thoughts. But what you are suggesting is ultimately, yeah, no thoughts, you know, you know, moving from negative to positive and then from positive to no thoughts is, is also part of yoga. Because if we have no thoughts, that's what the Yoga Sutras are saying, when we still the mind, so we first calm the mind, the mind's more calm when it's positive, and stilling the mind's a whole different ballgame, that there's, there's nothing happening. And then we, we really start to feel the peace at a much deeper level. Yeah, so that's, the, that's, a, but that's a hard jump from negative to nothing. It's just not possible, not, not for most people, I don't think. Right, but okay, uh... My question still is, uh, what's between me or any person and uh, letting go of all beliefs, experiencing that nothing? Like, why, why is that so challenging? Like, why is the nothing such a high level, like level six? Like, it, it seems like it would be a very simple thing. Like, well, just don't, don't think about anything or don't believe. Yeah, just, yeah. just exist in that realm of nothing. It, it seems um, amateur. But you're saying it's a very high level, and I agree with you. So yeah. why is it such a high level? What is between me and experiencing that? Yeah, well, what's in between is that we, we receive a tremendous amount of conditioning from our parents and our religion and our culture and our teachers and our family members. Like a lot of it's just basic conditioning, like this is a chair, this is a table. But it's also beliefs about all sorts of things. So we end up... As a baby, we we just like re- relaxed and peaceful, and, you know, most of the time. But then we get fed all of this conditioning, and that's what's in the way, <laughs> you know, because some of that's positive and some of it's actually not helpful to us. You know, it could be all the things we watch on TV, all the, um, you know, things that we absorb. We absorb a whole lot more than what we we know. It's just continual absorbing of beliefs and attitudes, and and, and most of that we we. It's not through the words of our parents, it's through the actions. Mm-hmm. You know, as children, we, we absorb all that. Um, and so that, and then, you know, in yoga point of view, we're also bringing in past life mental stuff. <laughs> you know, it's such a perfect um, description of the thing, as you said, that what's in the way, mental stuff. And I think we can all relate to that, that, you know, like the, it, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, oh, I've got a lot, I'm, I'm one of those people that has a lot going on in my mind and I'm thinking, sometimes I say to them, well, you plus everybody else, like you're not the only one, right? And that's what you're speaking to, that there's a lot of mental stuff, but it is possible 
you know, through letting go and also through practice, which like meditation um, and other practice to to start to 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 you know start to release the, what's in the way, and it, it is for most people it's not a it's not a, a weekend workshop that yeah. you know you, you can have a lot of breakthroughs in a weekend workshop but you know it is a year years and decades for most people where they slowly you know let go and they do their practice and their mind becomes more steady and they start to feel more of that peace and their bodies are more relaxed and you know it's just it's a win-win situation is it is it getting comfortable with this life experience that we're having like is it this like kind of settling in like okay i'm accepting this situation i'm okay with it there's maybe not as much i need to figure out uh not as much that i need to do it's not as much pressure or feel a uh, fear I can I can just let go and and just and just be. I don't need to I don't need to think about anything. It's not it's not necessary. Yeah, well yeah, when my experience is whenever I start to feel centered in my peace, there is there is a sense that everything's okay. And one of the nice things, at least for me, is that once I start to feel that peace, then I also feel the guidance. Mm. So sometimes in my jobs that my mind can be very active but I'm also still peaceful because the, the activity is not personal. I don't have any agenda necessarily of getting my way or not getting my way. It's just like the next thing, the next job, the next thing, it sort of keeps coming through my mind. What's the next thing to do or say? Or So um, that that's one of the things I've noticed that when I when I st- stay in my center, you know, like keep that feeling that I have after I finish meditation, bring that into my day, then there's a there's a flow. Even when I'm very busy, I can still feel content. Mm. Yeah, so that's a nice thing that I've experienced. So you mentioned your center. Um, can you explain a little bit more about like returning to your center? Like, how does that happen? Do you like you notice that? Okay, I've <laughs> I've I've gone far out away from my center. I've journeyed and okay, I'm going to bring myself back in. Like what is, what is happening there? What is, what is your center? How do you come back to your center? Yeah. Well, I think the center is just another word for peace or contentment. Um, There's different ways to come back to my center. Usually, yeah. Usually if I notice that I've got distracted or I'm starting to feel agitated, like that example of arguing with my boss. You, you know, what, often what I do is I just stop feeding into it. I stop arguing. <laughs> like, I, I, like I step back and, and I know, I start to become aware of what I'm doing. And I can, re- I can see where this is, go- I can see where it's going. It's going to get worse. Like I'm going to feel more upset. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to mo- get more upset and it's a it's a lose lose situation. You know, this is just what this is one example. So I, I sort of become more of a witness and see what's going on, and, ref, and there's a little bit of quick reflection there, and say, well, what you know, what's the next step here to help to sort of like scale this down? You know, drop back. You know, I may not come back into my centre, but I'll start to feel more, you know, more myself. You know, like there's less agitation, and then what I do sometimes. If I'm still feeling quite a bit of agitation because I've let it go too far, 
then I just I feel that I feel the agitation or I feel the the ups or the frustration or the upsetness. Like I just let myself, I just close. I mean, I just if if the phone's not ringing, I just go you know around the corner and there's just like be very present and not think about what happened at all, but just move into feeling. So I just feel my mm-hmm. feelings. And if I do it really well, if I'm 100% just in feeling, it can it can move a lot of that frustration or, or agitation within a few seconds. And then I just then I start to feel, you know, it, it is using the breath as well, but I start to feel my sense. I do start to feel more centered again. You know, there's still a little bit of, you know, like in the body, especially a little bit of, you know, maybe tension or agitation. You know, it's a little bit left. It doesn't like completely disappear, but I, it's night and day from being in the middle of that argument, like five minutes later, I'm back and I can start, you know, doing my job again. And um, so I've, I've moved back a long way towards my center. Of course, if I haven't, if, if it's just a little bit of, like I'm talking to somebody on the phone and I just start to feel irritated and I just notice at the beginning of it, it's so much easier to come back to my center because I haven't let it go very far. Mm. So I stop. So that that's a big, I, I won't have to feel my feelings. All I've got to do then is just, you know, maybe take a couple of deep breaths and, and notice and not just be, you know, just just come back and make sure that I'm, you know, treating that, per, you know, saying, you know, the words, you know, patiently and calmly. So it, it, it depends a lot on how how far the agitation or, or the stress has gone. The further it's, the further I'm away from my center, the, the longer it is coming <laughs> back. And that's okay because we all do it. It's not, and, and one of the most important things of not being in the center is not to judge ourselves harshly because mm. we all do it. Because if, if I judge myself harshly, then there's just something else I've got to undo. <laughs> like I'm just piling more on top of what's already there. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So much there that I want to talk about. But mm. the final thing, especially I think is a, is a really important point that you mentioned is, is that it's okay. Right. And what is my relationship to those kind of negative, um, feedback loops, um, those beliefs that maybe aren't serving me, uh, so well, how am I allowing it to be okay? you know, what, what is, what is my relationship to those, to those things? And I think that that's tricky because it seems hard to not make them the enemy that, Oh, this is happening again. Like, why am I doing that? Yeah. It's so common to berate the self there, but it seems that when I do that, that's not it either. Like I've, I've lost something like that's, that's not really helping things when no, I, when I feel bad about who I am, that's, <laughs> yeah. um, increasing the, the separation that's not getting me closer to, to my peace. Right. Yeah. I mean, those thoughts are not wrong or bad. You know, that, you know, God's created those thoughts mm. the divine is still underneath it all. It's just that they're not, you know, just a smart person doesn't cultivate those kind of thoughts because they're lose, lose thoughts. Nobody wins from, you know, like, you know, like having the belief that everything, everything turns out crap for me. Like, who, who's going to win in that? I don't win. I don't win and nobody else wins either. <laughs> you know, if things keep falling apart or something, you know, or, we, you know. So it, it's just, you know, it's just part of wisdom that we, we want to cultivate 
those type of thoughts, those loving thoughts, being useful kind of thoughts and beliefs that um, that that are useful. I mean, I mean, useful to us, but it's a win-win. You know, it's nobody's losing from positive thoughts. Yeah, you, on a societal level, do you think we it would be wise of us to to shift um, kind of the common practice of being down on ourselves? Because from my perspective, it's very socially acceptable to uh, judge myself harshly, right? I notice that going, going on a lot, people talking badly about themselves. Somehow that has become a very socially accepted practice to do. Um, what do you think about trying to kind of shift that culture to a place where maybe we call each other out more when we do that? It's like... You know, no, Mitra, I don't, I don't believe that that's true. You know, I think you hold value. You know, I think you're being too hard on yourself right now or whatever needs to be said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's obviously self-criticism. I mean, there's, a, there's obviously a place for reflection and saying, hey, yeah, I think I screwed up in that situation. Like, but, but not beating ourselves up, but just being honest. Yeah, but just... Yeah, just getting into a pattern of self-judgment and criticism, yeah, obviously it's not work good. And I think, you know, we, we can help each other with that, with their good enough, close enough friends. We can, we can you know, not, not only that kind of belief, but anything. You know, if we feel like our fr- friend's getting off track, you know, that's part of being a friend. And, you know, in, in terms of society, I mean, you know, we can only be really a, a good example and, you know, maybe, you know, Maybe if we have a little bit of training and we can, we're teachers or teaching a yoga class or a Raja Yoga, you know, um, series or something. And, um, you know, those who are interested and ready, you know, they can come along. And, but, you know, certainly the way that we've been taught is that we're not out there, you know, pushing anything. You know, like everybody comes to, you know, wanting to grow at their own pace. So those who are not ready to grow, probably won't you know the world will the world provides a lot of opportunities to grow and you know it's not my job to try to change everybody or change the world mm. i mean i think i think when we when i do get in my piece though the divine works through me to bring positive thing you know outcomes but that in a way that's not even my choice i don't feel like that's my choice i'm not consciously choosing i'm going to be i'm going to do this and change the world i'm going to do this and change the world that's not that's not the most peaceful that's not the way that i like to do it i like to get peace on listen to my inner guidance and just follow that and let my let the let that deeper spirit work through me and, and let the let the divine plan work through me rather than my my, my own plan um, it's a little bit not that the other way of doing it is wrong, but th- this is more for, to me. This is more peaceful because I, then I don't have to decide everything. Right, <laughs> well, it takes me back to letting go, and and what happens when I do that. From my experience, when when I let go, automatically there I seem to be connecting to the divine force walking through me, uh, yeah. working through me. Yeah, and uh, it's. It's so comforting. It's like in in that moment, I realize, as you said, how far out maybe I was, right? How far away from operating on that level uh, I had been. 
and and it's so comforting like it's so like the word light mm. comes to me like a, a feeling of lightness as opposed to you know pressurized i need to figure out what's next next i have to figure out what to do um what i hear you saying is like real peace comes when i kind of allow what's already happening mm. yeah to happen yeah yeah i think um Sometimes I find myself, I, I think, I, I don't know what to do next. And I think sometimes it's just good to take a little break. Mm. Like I'm not, not talking about a day off or something, but just, you know, just say, well, I'm just waiting here. You know, I'm just waiting here for a little bit of guidance, you know, because I'm not sure, you know, maybe have a cup of tea or something. But, you know, um, Swami Satchitananda often did that. Like he was, you know, he'd have, he'd have his cards with all the questions on and, He'd read the question out and then, then nothing, like blank. You know, he wouldn't say anything for quite a while. And then something would come through. And, and he said, well, people are, then people would ask the question, why, were, why didn't you answer that question straight away? And he said, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the answer. Mm. I'm waiting for the, like, he said it like a download, you know, just because it's funny. And, you know, um, that sometimes it's like that. You know, it's like, I mean, sometimes, you know, the, that guidance I mean, the guidance is always there, but sometimes it takes a while for it to, you know, to be... Maybe it's just my mind's too busy for me to hear it, so I just need to relax and take a little break too. That might be it. But maybe sometimes the God's saying, I don't have anything for you right now. <laughs> just take a little break. And, yeah. I'll, and I'll have... The next thing I'll be waiting in five minutes. And often when I sit down, then something, something comes. You know, I get the idea, oh, yeah, somebody asked me that. I remember that email now that somebody sent me. You know, you know me, and then it, then I'm sort of back in the flow of one thing after the other. But um, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I mean, it's a whole. It's, I I love this topic of inner guidance and how to listen for the answers, and um, it's a great topic. I mean, it's a big yeah. And I think for me, it's a lot of it is about you know having a quiet mind and. It, the, the easiest time for me to hear my inner guidance is at the end of meditation. And sometimes I ask a question, you know, what, what, what do I need to do here? Or what, you know, like I ask a question, and sometimes that question is a good way for me to help connect with, you know, what the answer's coming, you know. So it's, a, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Hmm. To maybe take it to an even deeper place, where is that question coming from, too? Like, when you say, I ask a question, well, where, where is that question coming from? Where, where, what's the origin of it? Right. I think most times for me, it, the question's coming from my mind. But I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think perhaps sometimes, well, I think if it's coming from the divine, there isn't a need for a question. Hmm. <laughs> like, it's just an answer, it's just like guidance. It's not really even an answer, it's just guidance. So I think for me, when I ask a question, usually it's, you know, like it might be a, an issue I'm having in a relationship or, or just I'm just confused about something. And so I think it is more coming from my mind at that point. But Do you, do you enjoy kind of having these deeper conversations? And has that always been the case for you? Or did you kind of develop... A taste for um you know really probing more more deeply 
Yeah, I, I think I've always, you know, not always, but once I got to that, you know, like college time and I started to question more and because and I wasn't really sure what life was about, well, at all, really. <laughs> and uh, I did a few different personal development, breathing things, and then I started the meditation. Um, and then in my early 20s, I moved into an integral yoga, like a yogaville in Australia, and there was a Swami there, and this is this is when it really started. I, you know, I had a lot of question. You know, what does that what does that mean? You know, what's that practice? You know, and this and so yeah, I did have an interest in, in the, um, you know, just finding, you know, the t- t- learning about the teachings and understanding it, and and then practicing it, and that's what one of the things I like about you know our spiritual groups that we have is that somebody will bring up a topic, and then it gives me a chance to play with that topic you know, during the week, and, and I enjoy that, to, to, you know, just to um, go go deeper or just, you know, try things from different angles. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting for me. Hmm. Uh, you mentioned learning from, from the teachings. What's your relationship or balance between taking lessons from, you know, a spiritual teacher or texts and your own self-discovery? Yeah, most of it's probably just my own practice now. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy listening to the teachings, but I don't really read them a lot. You know, we, we have the teachings on audio at lunchtime, so I enjoy listening to them, but I don't really read the books, very, the scriptures very much. I, I, um, I kind of enjoy more the human contact with the teaching, how people experience the teachings in their life. Um, and then, yeah, I'm more. I'm probably more into the doing the practice. You know, the hatha meditation, kirtan, and you know, doing mantra japa. Like I, I feel like that's probably more important than reading about it. Well, the practice, yeah. Doing. But even the practices, right? Like those were you learned those, or right? you didn't develop oh, yeah. those on your own. So no. you took something from an external source. Uh, maybe yeah. it sounded wise to you, and you incorporated it into your own life. Yeah. Well, you know, part of part of learning those teachings from a teacher or from a book or something is that I I learned also that we need to be regular in that. The benefits really flowed much more when we were when I, when somebody's regular in their meditation and and their yoga practice. So that's what uh, I've tried to be regular. And fortunately for me, I've lived in communities, spiritual communities, a lot where the practices were going on, you know, group practice. And so that helped me get steady in those different, yeah, meditations. Mm. Do you find that what the culture is of the people around you really kind of affects um, your state of being a lot? Like you're very influenced by the people around you and what they're doing? Yeah, I I think it's huge. I feel like it's, oh, think it's huge, honestly. Um because a little more than a year ago, I was living in a, a big, a really large city, and I didn't really have any uh, spiritual community to speak of. And, you know, it was a lot harder than it is now. Because there's a lot of, um, I just feel a lot of support here, you know. And a lot of that comes from just crossing somebody on the street and just saying hi. Or, you know, some of our groups and, you know, just just on the phone connecting with people, Um I think as I got older, 
I see much, even more clearly the power of, of the Sangha and, and being together and supporting each other. Yeah. And plus, I have that contrast because if, if I've always lived in spiritual community, I wouldn't have the contrast of being out there by myself and having to, you know, just like it's, a, you know, continually practice, which was working for me, but I never had the support that's just here. And of course, you know, in the, in the ashram here, there's a support, not just from the people, but, you know, throughout this, the vibe, peaceful vibration of Swami Satchitananda, this was his main home. You know, we live in the country too, which has a special vibration. And all the practice that's been done here over the years. So it's a combination, it's a great combination that, that it, it does make it easier. I mean, you know, st things still come up, challenges come up. Mm. Um, but um, I really see that clear how, how important Sangha is. And, and so not everybody can live in an ashram or community, but um, finding, finding that support wherever, wherever folks are living, you know, whether that's now through Zoom or, or by emails and, you know, WhatsApp or Skype or, you know, different ways of communicating, you know, or groups and things like that. It's, it's so important to, to have that support, yeah, spiritual support. Yeah, I think so too. That's what also led me here uh, was an awareness of how important community is. I just kept getting that message mm. again and again. Yeah. Uh, and also, one thing that became important to me was looking at my life from the perspective of uh, what would be best for Avi, right? Which I had not ever mm. really done before. Like seeing myself from the mm. point of view that I'm speaking right now, that I am in a way my own safekeeper, right? So mm. how can I set him up for success? Do you have that at all where, you know, you, you're looking at it from the point of view of like, what is what would be best for Mitra right now? That can be part of it. Yeah, definitely that meant just look reflecting and saying, well, you know, like even comparing, you know, I could live here, I could live here, I could live there. What's, what's the pros and cons? Yeah. Um, I think ultimately for me, there was, there was part of that, like in moving back, but there's also part of, Guru has really guided me here. Like on a deeper level, there's, a, there's also a guidance. This will, this, is the best, this will be the best place for you. And fortunately, what's best for me is also, I feel like it's also best for everybody else. It's a win-win situation when we come back to, you know, when we come and live in a spiritual community. Because as I, as I get more centered and more, and more happy, then, then I'm more useful as well. Mm. Then if I'm, you know, in some big city or somewhere and I'm stressed out, I'm, you know, just getting by day to day, I'm not really contributing you know, much the peace of the community. I'm, I'm just another person that's, you know, right. half stressed out. You know what I mean? You know, maybe a little more peaceful because of my meditation, but still, mm -hmm. I'm not really. Can, maybe it's better for me to be here, have the support, and then, you know, contribute from here. You know, like be, you know. I think that's such a really important point, and Gurudev talks about this too. It's like, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like, why, why am I trying to become a healthier? Uh, version of myself and I think it's it's because of what you just mentioned like I'm not I can't help anyone else 
if I'm the one that needs help, right? Like first you have to, you know, get yourself to a healthy place, a strong place. And I think even automatically without even just, just by doing that, it will be doing good for, for other people. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Do you find that as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. I mean, if I'm not feeling relaxed and peaceful, I, I can't be really friendly and, you know, like patient with somebody on the phone and you know, it's calling yeah. in for with a question or something, you know. And does that like add that added purpose? Does that give us fuel on our path too? Like, all right, like if I do this, if I make strides, like that's going to help the people around me too. Is that a nice, um, uh, a nice perspective to kind of connect with? Uh, that can that can help us along the way. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I mean, you know, the, one of the things about spiritual community, you look. It's easy to look around and be inspired by this person or this person. You know, maybe somebody's been here for a, two months and they're really they're really doing their best. You know, to get to, you know their service, and you can see that they're really trying. And, and then you see somebody who's been around forty years and they're you know like this they're, they're steady with their practice and. And you can see that they're peaceful, you know. So each person you know, can be inspired by all these different people, mm. and the the energy is just. I mean, it's not like it's perfect here. You know, we all have our you know the, our mental stuff still, or, or or you know a degree of it. But it's just every time I go to town, I feel like mostly what I feel is the is a business vibe. You know, it's like it's a transaction. You know, it's all about to do to do the list is about. A trans, a biz, going to some business, getting something, <laughs> and leaving. And I try to be friendly. I mean, I'm unfriendly, but but here the it, the the baseline is more like just oh hey, how you doing? You know, like there's a the purpose is to connect, not to transact. <laughs> you know, tra- there's nothing wrong with biz- transaction. You know, we you know we'll have to go and buy clothes or you know you know get things or you know it's nothing wrong with that, but. The vibe is different. The vibe is more like, hey, you know, it's nice to see you, you know. There's there's no agenda, you know, usually. I mean, sometimes there's an agenda, well, you know, you know, what, you know, like there might be a question for somebody, and that's fine too. There's nothing wrong in that, but, yeah. Well, I think I think the mind wants to transact like that because it's easy. The mind can understand it, right? Like, okay, I pay a certain amount of money, I get this product. Yeah. Like, bang, there's the... Uh, transaction right there. Yeah, the mind can't really understand that if I uh, if someone's lost and I help them find out where they're going, that there is another transaction going going on there. That I I maybe feel good about helping that person. Yeah, but but normally the mind is not operating on that on that level because <laughs> it's it's harder to quantify. Right, like what? What am I? If I help someone else and I don't get anything like material back from that, um, am I benefiting? You know, I can't see it. So yeah, yeah, I think you're speaking to different parts of the mind. Yeah, the the what what we often call the ego part of the mind is is thinking, oh, you know, I give this to the person. I'm going, you know, what do I get back? But when you said you just if someone's a bit lost and you and you we assist them you know, to find their way, um, there's no, tr- we're not trying to get anything back there. That's a, that's a, that's a higher part of the mind, you know, like a, a little more, you could say a selfless part of the mind where the ego tends to be, you know, more self-centered. 
in you know looking out what's in it for me and you know I've got to take I've got to protect my stuff and you know you know so it's more uh, more thinking about what you know about ourself right. whereas the second is thinking about the other person's needs and that's what we that's what we're taught in as part of the yoga teachings right. is that the more we can you know just stop not you know we, we do need to think about our needs and take care of the basic needs but mostly we want to think about the other person and what their needs are and you know be serviceful and helpful and then as you say we're just naturally going to feel good because what actually happens is when we're when we're when we're serviceful and giving the mind gets it's a it, the mind gets really quiet and that is that is the reason that we start to feel really good mm. it's because our mind is wow that felt it's like the mind just relaxes like there's there's not there's no conflict or or second guessing, you know, like, did, was that a good bargain? Did I did I bargain too hard with that person? Uh, talking about needs, that serves a deeper need that we have. Like we, from my experience, we have this need to quiet the mind, right? Like that is um, that is definitely a need that I have once I experience it. Like I need to stop thinking, like right? Like that's very good for myself to do that. Therefore, helping other people and serving is a great way to meet that need. It, it is, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if everybody has that need or focus for, for quietening their mind. I think it depends on where the person's at. Because um, often, um, often a lot of human beings are looking outside for their happiness. So their minds are very active. And, um, and it's at a certain point, though, we realize because the happiness outside is so transitory that it, and sometimes you know we get disappointed or upset because we didn't get what we wanted or many times that happens then we start to what's going on here sometimes i get sometimes i get what i want sometimes i don't so so I'm, like i'm on this roller coaster ride there must i've got to get off this what how can i get off it and so how we get off it is through the yoga teachings which is what we've been talking about as being Instead of just looking out for ourselves, we start to look out for others, so that you know we, things start to smooth out. And you know we do our meditation, you know all those practices. Um, but there is, it, you know, human beings have a natural, you know, maturing process. You know, it's an organic process, and we all go, we all need, we all go through that process of really trying to get happy in the world, hmm. and, and and it's a mixed bag. And then when we start to find our happiness within it does feel so good mm. you know and then we can still enjoy the world as long as we, we just got to be careful not to get caught into it you know it's it's okay to enjoy the happiness of you know driving down the road with the windows open a nice warm day in the car you just enjoy it and the breeze is coming in and you're seeing the nature you know like enjoy it there's nothing but you know if we're in the office the next day and we can't do that because we're in the office we don't want to get upset. Oh, yesterday it was so much fun because yeah. we're and then we're living in the past. Holding on, holding on to yeah, we're holding on to the. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was back there. That was instead of you know we could be in our peace and enjoying, you know that that inner peace, or just be, you know really enjoying what we're doing in the moment. So um, yeah, it's not the world's bad. It's just you know we if we're connected to our peace we can keep everything in perspective. Mm. And then if we don't get what, what we really wanted, okay, well, 
maybe something bad is coming, but it doesn't really matter because I feel content. Like it di- I didn't get what I want, but I still feel content. Yeah. So I'm okay still, right? I mean, in that situation. <laughs> yeah, the, the word that comes to mind for me um, is maturity. You know, I think that's, that's, uh, that's mature to have that perspective that I can't live in peak experiences all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mitra, thanks so much. <laughs> uh, really enjoyed this. Uh, yeah. It's any, um, any information that you'd like to share, uh, <laughs> or any way that someone might be able to get in touch with you if they'd like to? Well, um, yeah, as it happens, I do, I do have a workshop coming up. It's called Letting Go. I think I mentioned, we mentioned it earlier. Letting yeah. Go is easier when we know how. And that workshop is a, it's a weekend workshop coming up on February 27th and 28th. And so we're going to, it's very experiential, very practical. Of course, there's some theory just to lay the foundation. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing that with our, our group. So you're welcome to, um, to come to that. You can check out the Yoga for website. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, just, just encourage you to explore what, what, um, teachings and practices resonate with you. Um, find, you know, we all find our own path. It's, we all have a different path. Even, even if we say we're all into yogis, we, we still have an individual path. Mm. (laughs) So, and that, that can all be guided from within too. So don't sweat it. Mm. I love it. I hope the program is great for you. And thanks again for this time. Mm. Thank you, Avi. Shanti. Appreciate it. Shanti. (laughs) All right. Good. That's it. That was fun. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.